1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I know that those of you who are watching this video are anxious to start with what Peter says, about being anxious. But first, humility. Humility is all over the New Testament. It is the very fabric of godly character. And Peter has emphasized humility prior to this verse. Back in chapter 3 and verse 8, an humble mind. In chapter 5 and verse 5, humility toward each other. And to that I will add, every statement in the Bible against pride is a statement commending humility. Humility means an honest and accurate view of who we are before God. When I take into account everything Scripture says about man made in the image of God, when I consider how great God is, and what Christ went through to redeem me, to redeem us, I should be clothed with humility. Not thinking more highly of myself than I should, or measuring myself according to some human standard, but rather measuring myself as God measures me, looking carefully into the mirror that he has given that is his word. Humility is generated by that. And it's explained here in terms of living your life and putting your mind under the mighty hand of God. Perhaps a key word here is under. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says that God is above all. If God is above all, where are we? We are under him. And that's how we should see ourselves, how we should think and speak and live and act under the authority of God, dependent on him. And do you see the purpose phrase? So that, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. So I humble myself now. He exalts me at the proper time. 
I will never be above him. I must always live and think of myself under him. And that helps me about anxiety. In the final accounting and his eternal care for his people, there is exaltation. I need to focus on that. Peter is telling us this is what we do about anxiety. What is anxiety? It's living out the future before it arrives. I read that a few months ago, and I made a sign put up in my office. Anxiety is living out the future before it arrives. Jesus spoke of this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, where he spoke of constantly fretting, worrying about tomorrow. What will I wear? What will I eat? How much will gas cost? Peter says, trust in God. Take your concerns to him. Rest in him. That's the teaching of Jesus and Peter. God cares. Gas prices and inflation, we cannot perfectly predict. God's care, we can absolutely be certain about all the time. That's 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. All right, this humbling of ourselves under the mighty hand of God is not passive. It involves our initiative as explained in the next two verses. Eight and nine, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So much there to unpack and review. Resisting the enemy. Wherever a Christian lives geographically, wherever a Christian lives historically in time, male or female, young or old, experienced or not, we all have this in common, an adversary, the enemy. Peter calls upon his readers to be alert to the designs of the enemy and to firmly resist him. And this further explains what Peter brought to our attention back in 1 Peter chapter 4, arming yourselves to resist sin. The enemy who brings sin to the front door in our minds is the devil. He is our adversary. Resist him, steadfast in your faith. You know, in previous classes, we have considered relationships where there should be the careful extension of humility and patience and love and mercy. In this relationship, however, we are to be alert, suspicious, aggressive, and defiant. Verse 9, resist him. The devil is our adversary. We should extend no patience toward him. You cannot treat a roaring lion like you would treat a little kitty cat. 
In the New American Standard, verse 8 opens with an urgent call to be sober and alert. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. You know, you know, some people who have been baptized and who attend services and come to a building and read the Bible, nevertheless, are not really seriously resisting the enemy on a day-by-day -day basis. There is a casual attitude about sin that sets in. You become more and more involved in the world, in your work, and in your play, your day-to-day -day routine. And what can happen is you gradually use, lose your perspective against the enemy. And you can reach a place where you do not take the enemy, the devil, seriously. Peter is giving instruction against that relaxed, sluggish attitude about the devil and his work. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. In order to effectively resist the enemy, I must be sober and be alert. To be sober, my mind must be clear. There must be a base of knowledge, a commitment to obey God, keeping your purpose clear, your priorities correctly aligned, your mind on your job. Your job, in this case, resist the devil. Arm yourselves against sin. Be on the alert. Sometimes, as we examine our behavior, examine ourselves, we discover we made a mistake because we were simply not paying good attention. Something slips right by. We overlook something. We forget to do something because we were simply not paying attention. Peter calls upon us to pay attention to be on the alert with particular reference to the approach of the enemy, the devil. Be of sober mind. Be on the alert. And, and this is military language, similar to what we studied back in the previous chapter, where it said, be armed. Be on the alert. This is the highest alert level because we have an adversary. There is this militant vigilance and resistance we adopt toward the adversary all the time, every day, not just in a building, not in your home while you view a video. And at the very basic level, this requires that we recognize the devil is real. He was not invented in the imagination of theologians and preachers or parents to scare people into doing what is right. We need to know the adversary is real, and that means our fear of him should be real. We fear him because he's real, and he is a threat. He is a risk. He wants to take us away from God and eternity in heaven. Satan is an existing, ongoing personality. His activity in the Garden of Eden established his reality when he came to Eve and lied to her. Read back in the book of Job, and you'll come to a fresh awareness of the reality of Satan's existence. The temptation of Jesus nails it down in Matthew chapter 4. 
Satan came to him, said things to him, presented to him distinct propositions and invitations to use his power to depart from God. Jesus said no. 1 John 3, 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's the King James in 1 John 3 and verse 8. Williams translates this passage, Whoever practices sin belongs to the devil, because the devil has practiced sin from the beginning. The devil is real, folks. He is a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. He lied to Eve. He lied to Jesus. He lies to us. We need to take that threat seriously. He's the serpent. He's the dragon. He has a keen power of sight. Satan can see. He is a spirit being who's able to see ways to deceive us and seduce us and take us away from God. He is our adversary, and he is real. So, be of sober spirit, and be on the alert. Humility, resistance, and notice the devil is like a predatory animal, prowling like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Verse 8 begins with two imperatives, sober, alert. He's our adversary. Notice four things that he does. He prowls, he roars, he seeks, he devours. He wants to swallow us down. He is no casual figure or mythological creature. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You're not the only one being tempted. This is common to all who align themselves with God. Say yes to God, and the devil will be there wanting us to say no to God. Resist him steadfast in your faith, knowing that other brethren are being attacked in the same way. The same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren out in the world. And then verses 10 and 11. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. So the passage begins with humility, and then it puts us on alert, resists the devil. And then it says, God is willing to strengthen us and confirm us and establish us, and to him be the glory. 
now and forevermore. That's 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. 6, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Read that again after you end the video. Thank you for being with us.